the elephant in the pew. Elephant in the Pew podcast, where they engage in the topics everyone wants to talk about, but nobody wants to discuss. From the Elephant Portable Studio, here are your hosts, Stephen Whitten and Ryan Reggie. It's going to be riveting. We're going to talk about translating the Bible and how awesome it is. Yeah. Yeah. We're not talking about how to translate or how they translate. Yeah, because we'd be the wrong people to ask. Yeah, don't, don't come to this the conclusion that we know what we're talking about when it comes to actually translating. Welcome to the Elephant in the Pew podcast. I'm Stephen Witten. And I'm Ryan Ramsey. This is the place where we engage the issues that everybody wants to discuss, but nobody wants to talk about. I mean, nobody wants to talk about, but everybody wants to discuss. I don't know what it means. <laughs> I don't know what it means. It's okay. It was said in the intro. We're all right. We're oh, good. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, happy day to everybody. If you're listening to this uh, in the car ride, uh, make sure you keep your eyes on the road and uh, enjoy the gentle breeze. And don't get too upset by what we say. Yeah, Please. because I don't want to cause some sort of accident. Because then it will come back to us. And just, then just don't turn it off. Then we'll pull over <laughs> to the side of the road and listen to the rest of it. And then. Yeah. Yeah. And then go to iTunes and hit. Uh, subscribe and then rate and review. Yeah, after give us a five star, a five star anger rating. Yeah, you something were, like that. You were so angry that you gave us a five star. Yeah, so angry that he gave us a five star. So yeah, that's that's it. We're we're here uh, doing our thing. Uh, you might hear a fan in the background. It's because it's blazing hot outside. So that's really it's cooler outside than it is inside. Yeah, that's so we're trying to get some of that delicious cool air inside. Because it just rained and it was glorious. Kiss the rain. This uh, episode is brought to you by ElephantPew.com. If you've never been to ElephantPew.com, you should go check it out because that's our website. And we got all sorts of cool stuff there, like links to our own personal blogs and yeah. podcasts, and then also the resources from the stuff we talk about in the way, on the show. So usually that works out. We usually get links on there and stuff. Sometimes they don't get up there. But, you know, we're volunteers, and this is our show, and we do what we want. So. <laughs> well, sometimes... We get links. Sometimes we don't get links. Sometimes we just throw out our own opinions. Sometimes we and get. And we don't have facts to back them we, up. Sometimes we get links. Sometimes we get sausage patties. Sometimes we get <laughs> bacon. Just depends. All on a biscuit. Sometimes, Maybe sometimes it's sometimes a bagel. Sometimes you get that weird like breakfast ham slice. What and is that? I don't. Breakfast ham. You ever seen that? Yeah. Breakfast ham. If I go to Cracker Barrel. They're not sponsors. Okay, let's talk about the. Really, but if, they, let's talk <laughs> if about I go to Cracker Barrel, I get steak. Let's talk to the. We'll talk about the really important issues here. What kind of breakfast meat do you prefer? I'm a sausage links person. I'm a bacon fan. Oh, okay, through and through. Do you like it soggy or crispy? I like it both, but I prefer just like just like bacon. I general. just like bacon, but I I like it. Uh, I don't like it like so hard and crispy that it like crumbles when it. I like to have some chew. A little bit of chew in it. A little bit of chew. Not yeah. like, I don't want it to be like so limp that like when you pick it up, it like. I like a limp biscuit. Falls down to the. I to like the a limp biscuit bacon. I like it chewy. Yeah. Just barely warmed up kind of cooked. You oh, know? that's kind of gross. But it's good. I mm. like it. I like it to be um, kind of bent, but not like. If you're listening to this and you have a preference for your bacon style, just go ahead and. Uh, Comment on the video. We don't even really have a way <laughs> we to don't do have a video. Right we but have a we have an audio that you actually can comment on Spreaker.com, but yeah, you can also we don't like that though. You can actually comment on our website um, under the the blog post. Oh, that's true. 
and or you could um, hit us up at um, Ryan at ElephantPew.com or Stephen at ElephantPew.com. Yeah. We'd like to hear whether you like sausage, bacon, how you like your bacon. No, we're saying the question is bacon. Do you bacon. like it crispy or limp? Do you limp? like it crispy or, or limp? Limp biscuit bacon. I, okay. Yeah, we're. Uh, I think Spreaker needs to listen to us right now because uh, we we're not gonna really be on Spreaker too much longer. So no, we're in the process of re- uh, restructuring. Restructuring, and then we're gonna hopefully include in that some better ways to include participation for our, our podcasts yeah, and all absolutely. that. Absolutely. So you're gonna see some changes as usual with the Elf in the Pew. We're always constantly changing. Constantly changing because we know that you guys like to hear us change. In fact, yeah. you like to hear us change into different people who are smarter and say smarter things but it's sometimes not. we just dis- m- most of the time we disappoint but it's not gonna <laughs> happen because it's our show and we don't we, get paid well the thing about it is is you can only get as smart as you are you can't turn into something that you aren't that's so true i'm not going to I promise that i'm going to get smarter if i'm already as smart as i can be. you're not smarter than a fifth grader i most definitely am not yeah that show's rigged is it i don't know i mean can you really the, I don't remember those questions in fifth grade. The questions they ask. If they tested me over them, I missed them in fifth grade. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't remember learning anything about like the Middle East or anything like that. I know that in fifth it's grade. ridiculous, isn't it? I don't even remember the fifth grade. <laughs> no, I'll, I take that back. I remember learning the weather, like about the weather, because I think my I had Mrs. Fifth grade Chambers. Teacher, and uh, that's a lie. I remember four score and seven years ago. I don't remember the that whole thing. That was in fifth grade? That was fifth grade for me. Mm. Four yeah. score and seven years ago. That's about as good as I get. I think I thought we did that in like eighth grade. No, it was fifth grade. I remember that in fifth grade. Maybe your school is just highly advanced. Maybe. Did you go to the Xavier School for Gifted Children? Gifted Youngsters? I'm not entitled to say. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So today on the show we're talking about... Um, what are we talking about? We're talking about Bible translation, baby. It's going to be riveting. We're going to talk about translating the Bible and how awesome it is. Yeah. Yeah. We're not talking about how to translate or how they translate. Yeah, because we'd be the wrong people to ask. Yeah, don't don't come to this conclusion. Don't come to the conclusion that we know what we're talking about when it comes to actually translating. But... Choosing the translation, I think, you know, it's all about personal preference, but there are some considerations to um, abide by when, uh, you know, you don't want to just, like, choose, in my opinion, I have to put that out there, in my opinion, you don't want to just choose one version and then that is your only version. You want to you wanna see what all the versions have to say. Yeah. Bible study. Yeah, see, that's kind of the interesting thing. Let's go back a little bit, shall we? Yes. Because um, I've heard some really funny stories about Bible translations. Have you heard any funny stories? Oh, actually, recently, yes. I have heard um, that there are some people that are out there, and I don't know who these people are. I just know that there are some people out there. The story goes that some people think that if you preach from any other version of the Bible other than the King James that you are actually going to go to hell. God's holy scripture, the King James Version? The King James Version, You know yeah. that Jesus spoke the King's English, right? <clears throat> <laughs> when they spoke in tongues at Pentecost, the language they were actually speaking was English. English. The oh. King's English. The King's it was God's English. language. Thy holy hand grenade. <laughs> That's all I can think of when I think of King's English is Monty Python. It's probably One, not the greatest. One, two, five. five. Three, Three sir. Sir. Three. <laughs> 
Uh, run away. <laughs> Anyways, so um, yeah. In fact, I heard a story. I can't remember who told me this story. In fact, all my memories seem to be running together recently. It happens when you're over. Oh, I, I do remember. I remember okay. now. Okay, I was at a, a, a meeting for my denomination ordination stuff, and one of the guys there said that he grew up King James Bible only kind of deal, and then the NIV came out, and his mm. friend had an NIV. And he was like, he read it. And he's like, oh my gosh, I understand what this is saying. Like for the first, think about that. For the first time in his life, he was a teenager at this point. He'd gone to church his whole life. He understood what God was saying to him. Yeah. In the Bible. It's crazy. So he sneaks, buys an NIV so that he can <laughs> read the Bible. And he replaces it, the back cover <laughs> with. <laughs> no, that would have been great though. But he probably would have been like murdered for defacing an NIV. No problem. But um, he, uh. So he does that, and his mom finds out, and she's, like, devastated. Like, it was like you just told your mom that you're gay or something like that. She was like, devastated because <laughs> wow. he had an NIV. How dare he read that? I'm like, wow. Like, I think my mom bought me the message when I was – because it had just Ugh. come out. And when I got it, it was just New Testament. They didn't have the Old Testament translated stuff yet. But I remember reading that and being like, oh, I understand the Bible. Like, that was the first Bible I read that really? I could understand it. And, like – and we'll get into this a little bit. I know you just diss the message. You're like, oh, it's so bad. It's not that it's bad. It's just I don't. It's not a translation. Um. Yes, it is a translation. Actually, no, it's not. It's a paraphrase. Paraphrase. A translated paraphrase. Anyways. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. Anyways. So there's this stigma with choosing different kinds of uh, translations, right? Yeah. Um, so I just want to say right now we had our question about bacon, whether we lint bacon or crispy bacon. But we'll talk right now, me and Stephen. Stephen, what is your preferred? Um, listen before you answer. Uh, yeah. Oh no. What is your preferred translation now? Um, and then did have you changed over the years, or what, did oh. you have other versions that were your favorite before, and now you've changed it? And why did you change? Um, well, I was raised on the New International Version. NIV. The NIV. Um, the not inspired version. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, my my grandfather, the reason he chose the NIV and he still reads the NIV today um, is, but he reads all versions. He reads the New American Standard at he, once, not at once, but he he's like omnipotent. he whenever he's um, studying, he uses all different versions. But the the one that he uses the most is the one that he feels like everybody um, should use. <laughs> no, everyone can understand easily, oh, okay. and uh, is is the NIV. But he was part of that whole transition in the Nazarene Church when they went from King James to the New International. He was actually one of the rogue uh, pastors that Whoa. chose to do the NIV instead of King Whoa, James because he's like maybe these people should understand what we're, they're reading. Yeah. So, um, so I was raised on the NIV. Um, but when I went to college, um, cut his teeth on the NIV, you know, yeah. when I went to college, I, um, fell in love with the new American standard NASB. Yes. And, um, so I, I chose that for the longest time. And then recently, actually in the last year or two, I have gone back and forth between the ESV, the English standard Bible or the English standard version mm -hmm. and the Holman, uh, the HCSB. Is that right? HSCB. HCSB. Yeah, the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Yep. Those are those two I go back and forth on. I have. I think I've influenced you on the Holman. Yeah. Um, but 
after reading the Holman Christian Standard and then you read the English Standard, it like they're they're very similar, mm-hmm. but um, there are sometimes the the verses are easily are more easily absorbed with the English Standard Version and vice versa with the Holman. So like I read it and I'll read in both versions mm-hmm. and. Um, it usually helps me. Yeah. I don't know if it's reading the verse over and over and over again in different versions or if it's the actual version that helps, but I, yeah. I read them both. Um, so those are my, that's, those are my favorite ones. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I'm, and I want to put a clarification. I don't hate the message. Okay. I just don't like it being called a translation because there is a difference between translation and paraphrase. Paraphrase is by one person, one or two people, and the and a translation is by a committee of people, usually of twenty five to thirty plus. And um, I know the ESV, the NIV, the uh, New King, the New King James, I think, and uh, the New American Standard. They all had a hundred plus members of a committee going into the table, translating the Bible. So it's it's a collective agreement rather than someone's personal thoughts going into it so that's that's my a collective of personal thoughts yeah anyways okay so i start out on the good news bible okay so that's one of the methodist translations uh start off the good news bible it doesn't even exist anymore no it's actually a a version now they've taken the good news bible and turned it into it was redone it was the good news translation now it's called yeah gnt so, uh, anyways, I uh, started on that. Then I went to NIV because I got it as a gift from somebody. The what is it? The NIV. Actually, the, NIV. the Bible I carried for most of my childhood was actually a paperback junky Bible that somebody got me. It was called the Extreme Bible. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And it was an NIV. And I don't know why it was extreme because it had a rollerblader on the front. It didn't have yeah. anything extreme inside of it. It had little it had little bubbles, like pop out like like weird not weird facts but like facts about the culture of the time really yeah i still have it somewhere but mine my i believe it did mine did mine was beat maybe up. mine wasn't the extreme anyways so extreme, it was extreme nerd. mine was the extreme nerd version so uh niv and then uh spent a lot of time in niv my my sister got me an niv bible when i went to college and then I started listening to mark driscoll and mark driscoll had used esv so i got myself an esv and enjoyed that, and then I was on a hardcore and ESV guy until recently when my good friend and pastor, Scott, got me a HCSB, which was his nice way of getting me hooked on the HCSB because that's what he used, and he liked it. So uh, I use HCSB now. So um, differences here. Now this is what I want to get into. There's two spectrums of translations on the scale, mm-hmm. uh, word for word and uh, thought for thought. Thought for thought, right? So a thought. We for must thought. be looking at the same website. <gasps> no, that's well, weird. Mine's an infograph. Mine's a well. Mine has an infograph too. It's got a translation comparison card. I like my infograph better. Anyways, um, <laughs> so <laughs> so mine's better than yours. My infograph is better than your infograph. Um, so my graph is the only graph. If you don't use my graph, you're gonna be tired of grabbing. We're gonna <laughs> grab so much. <laughs> it's gonna be. Huge. It's gonna be huge. <laughs> um, so, thought for thought, the far right on thought for thought, we'll call it, um, is the message. You are right. It is a translation, but it is 
far over to the right into the paraphrase category. L- over okay. there is with it is like the Living Bible, the CEV, which I don't even understand, the, the GNT, the Good News Translation, the Bible I grew up on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go all the way to the far left, word for word, and you have interlinear, which is literally a word for word translation, like on the Greek to the That's word. like the New American Standard Version. Well, uh, NASB is just to the to the to the right of that. Well, okay, yeah. So, like, it's it is as, in using just an English translation, it's as close as you can get word for word. NASB are hard to read. Yeah, like when you sit and you. Although like, I will say this, because I was when I was in um, college, I did a script writing because I was in communications, mm-hmm. and whenever I used the whenever I had like scripture in my scripts, mm-hmm. I always used the New American Standard because I felt like it it um, came across more poetically mm-hmm. than anything. Even the King James, I felt the King James was too too. Um, uh, poetic, in a sense. Too poetic, but poetically? Yeah. Like, um, t- yeah, like it was too structured. It was structured weird. Like it's because it's the King James is structured in 17th century sentence structures, which is different than modern day structures. Mm. Whereas the New American Standard read, still is a little bit, um, it still reads kind of, um, it's got an ancient feel to it, but right. it doesn't. Um, it doesn't have the sentence structure like the King James does. Right. So that's where, when I was script writing, I always used the New American Standard right. or the English Standard Version. ESV. So uh, right smack dab in the middle, though, is the NIV. Yeah. That's why so many people use the NIV because that's a good balance between thought for thought and word for word. word for word. So. Um, and Stephen is right. Generally, the word-for-word word translations, the farther you get towards word-for-word word translation, you can pretty much add on how many more translators they have, basically. Yes. So you get up to, like, 25 translators on the uh, NASB, which take, you can't say it takes their opinion out of it. All of their opinions agreed on what it should say, basically. Yes. So you get a but more. But when you have when you have 50-some people arguing, and they did, I mean, it probably took them years yeah. to write this, they because they were they were discussing I'll right. we'll say not arguing but they were discussing what word to use in Christian love in Christian love obviously so like when you look at it that way that's why I tend to trust more um, translations that are done by committees rather than one person yeah um, I get you I mean I I get you I understand I mean um, for instance the message is just Eugene Peterson sitting down with uh, some manuscripts some old manuscripts and going through it because he's a very good translator and actually I heard a story I don't know the, the I this was in college that I heard it from a professor so um, I tend to believe it a little bit because it has a little bit of weight to it but I don't know I have no fact of it but Eugene Peterson um, actually would translate his the Bible on his commute um, and it wasn't even, he wasn't using, he was using some ancient text, but most of the time he was using a regular, like a, another translated that he paraphrased into, to quote, modern lingua, lingo, so that I don't have any substantiated um, facts on that. But that's, was somebody that um, I hold in high regards. That's what they told me. And so the thing is, that's why I'm not. I, I have a chart for that. Okay. I don't have um, I don't have disdain or anything that like that towards the message because I actually do accept like I read and whenever I write on a, a blog or anything like um, 
or a sermon or anything like that. I've actually used the message, but I use it within the context of another translation um, right? To, to make sure that it is accurate. Because there has been times that the message has come across as um, coming close to the line of adding or taking away from Scripture. Uh, it says, This paraphrase was translated using the rhythms and tone of contemporary English to communicate the modern reader. Complete Bible published in 2002. That didn't help me. Um, like this one, I have this the chart that I have. I have an actual. I found a chart earlier that had um, uh, the the source of the translation. And uh, Romans eight thirty five through thirty seven. I'm gonna read, um, uh, the English Standard Version, and then I'll read the um, Message. So, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now that's the English Standard Version. Now the message reads as this. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. No trouble, no hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying, threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. They kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We're sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. None of this phases us because Jesus is, Jesus loves us. And now I want to point out that not even the worst sins listed in Scripture is actually not in any translation, any other translation. And it's under, in this passage here, in this... Um, article that I'm reading, it actually, they actually underlined it, and then um, they brought it out that this is this is where they mean way. He comes close to adding to Scripture and right. ta- taking away, um, because when you read the ESV, it doesn't really say that. It What it's saying is there's no external force that can separate us from Christ, and he, Eugene Peterson, makes it kind of sound like there's not even, like, Nothing you can do can separate you from, mm. you know. Which, depending on your theological background, yes. you get Well, basically, that. what what this article is saying is like, you know, he's actually adding somewhat of a theological theological um, shift in the scripture, which can be considered. I wouldn't say taboo, but right, you know, kind of like let's let's ease up on that. So, so um, that's why I have. And let's, and let's talk about this because this is, I guess, a good segue into the what I want to say. So, what situation do you choose a paraphrase or a, a thought for thought over a word for word, and vice versa? Um, what is the the factors you you decide when you pick up, you go to your uh, your um, Bible app and you open which version or whatever because you can get them all for free now. Yeah. Um, so, what is that? I mean, what? I personally, it, when it's when I'm. Uh, Trying to, um, as bad as this sounds, trying to make a point, I use a, a point that I'll use the um, English. I always use the English standard as my base, and then I'll bring in Holman, Holman Christian, and then I'll. I always do for some reason. I always check the message because um, it does read more. 
gives a different uh, perspective. It gives you a different perspective, exactly. So I'll bring that in there, and then if it sounds not too kooky, mm-hmm. um, I'll use the message as um, a scripture. I very rarely use the message, but if I do, it's usually because, you know, that actually sounds pretty decent. Right. Um, so th- it's all about readability, and if, you know, um, if whoever I'm speaking in front of, if I'm speaking in front of, um, you know, 500 adults that are that range from 30 to, to 60, I'm probably not going to use the message as often as I would had I had the congregation or the, the audience be, you know, um, 15 to right. 30. I, my determining factor is what I'm doing with the scripture. So if I'm reading uh, just before I go to bed or just to kind of take in the big picture. I'm reading chapters at a time or whatever just for my own good. I'll read the message because it reads nicer. Um, it's more like a story and stuff like that. And I'm not doing word studies like that. So if I am going to do like preaching a scripture, I will um, do more of the HTSB, the ESV, the NASB because um, because of the word, even KJV, um, because um, those are better word-for-word word studies. And if I'm going to break yeah. down um, verses, then I want to have an accurate look of the order of words, why they're phrased the way they are, where they're used, um, what words they are. And so you get a more accurate translation of word-for-word for, word for that. So I think, um, you know, any of those um, any of those Bibles that we've talked about are good Bibles. I'm not somebody who says... You got yeah. You, I'm you, not. I'm. I'm not against any Bible translation that I've listed. You know, I'm. There are some out there that probably should not. Like, um, in the news, we. I didn't uh, cover this in the news segment that we recorded earlier. Yeah. But in the news, there have been. Uh, there. There are Bible scholars and even some Harvard scholars um, that came out um, denouncing um, the papyrus that came out that they've just that they quote unquote discovered that said Jesus had a wife. Yeah. They said that it's, you know, it's it's completely worthless. It's actually not even an accurate like to the to the um time frame. Mm-hmm. So like but there are some Bibles out there that would probably attach to that and like put it into you know, I wouldn't recommend any versions of the Bible or translations that um add books to the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, like the book of Thomas or um, what about that though? Because uh, the Catholic Bible has other books in it. <laughs> um, yeah, you're absolutely right. What's it so has, funny over there, no, Stephen? Did you have a funny a joke or some, somebody? I think all our you? listeners, I think all our listeners know there's a bone of contention between you and me about. Like, you just said the I, trust I, God, I don't trust bubbles, Bibles that have extra I, books. I defend. So I asked you, Catholic Bible, yeah, how many yeah. books does it have? I don't know, seventy one, seventy two. I don't know. You have? Are you googling it right now? I'm looking it up. Um, but ever, I think anybody who knows us and listens to us knows that I defend the Catholic Church a little more than you do. Um, not that you are opposed to Catholics by any means, but I, for some reason, I have um, a fascination with them, and I do believe that the Catholic Church had its place in time, and um, that it's not completely un. Um, I like Catholics like the book of Tobit or Judith those books are added Uh, the book of wisdom or Serat the question is is when were those added or I don't know the book of Baruch I know the Maccabees was in there too right the book of Maccabees Uh, Maccabees 1 first Maccabees and second Maccabees yeah 
So you just is said it first or you second or is it two Maccabees? Uh, you just said that Bibles that add books should be uh, right. I said you should be leery of them, so and I wouldn't trust all of them. I don't. I don't read Maccabees. I don't read um, Tobit or Judith or I don't know. I don't know any of the others. I'm not Catholic. Okay. Okay. So, um, but just, just wondering, yeah. just asking, so our listeners aren't confused. They're don't be confused. I'm not endorsing the Catholic Bible by any means. Okay, what about the New World Translation? I've never heard of it. You've never heard of the New World Translation? I, I've never read it, anyway. I'm going to tell our listeners about the New World Translation. Run away from the New World Translation. All right. Because this is the translation that Jehovah's Witness have made of their own. Okay. That they've gone through and taken out all the little words and things that they don't like for their, their special little beliefs. And so um, the New World Translation, if you ever see that at a... You know, it wasn't until like the, what is it, the 16th, 17th century that the King James Version actually brought brought all of the rest of the translation in. It was something like that. The King James, the first and second versions or editions of the King James actually had no word, um, no words about homosexuality because King James himself was... Um, uh, not opposed to homosexuality. He's a boy lover, but they did re- they did re- they did correct those omissions. Um, I think it was after King James um, passed away. I'm not sure exactly. I'd have to get back onto the the, the Google horn, machine, the Google machine, and find that out. Mm. That would take a little bit more. But I do know that that reason why a lot of people had a hard time with the King James for the longest time was because they couldn't they didn't know if they could trust it if there were at time if at one time there were omissions mm-hmm. because of a king then how can we that's why a lot of people liked the NIV because it was like one of the few translations in the 20th century that actually took the um didn't translate from the King James but they actually took the actual um Dead Sea Scrolls, and they, yeah, they actually went, looked they went at back the, to the beginning. Yeah, and they're like, "We'll translate it from thi- this rather than try to retranslate it into modern English." So, I mean, that's I do know that much. Um, so, go ahead. You were you were saying about stay away from the New World. Uh, I I cut you off because no, I was right. The New World translation is just the Jehovah's Witness Bible, and it's a lie. There's a lot of stuff in there that's a lie. So, um, yeah, don't trust it. And uh, they've taken out parts or put parts in that they. We need to co- to uh, go with their theology, so uh, don't trust that Bible if you find it laying around. Or if they try and give you one, just say no thanks. Uh, Actually, if they do come to my house, which they won't, I'm in the middle of the country. But if they do, I might take it just to read it. And um, you can go to the library and get yourself one. Can well then I can do that too. Although I I've always wanted to interact with Jehovah's Witness and just like you know let's 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 talk about Jesus right now. You know let's 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 do this. You know, and like, not in a spiteful way. I just would like to interact with them and know. I know of several um, people. Francis Chan, for one. Like, I was reading um, his book, um, Forgotten God. Mm-hmm. And he talks about the time where he invited a couple of Jehovah's Witnesses in there. And he questioned, he asked them very specific questions um, about why they believe the way they believe. And right. I think that that's actually, you know, that's good. Um, I yeah. wouldn't recommend it for, you know, um, people who might not be, like, the strongest in their faith. But, you know, um, w- we should be questioning those who claim to know the way. You know, yeah. Just like Paul, Paul, I believe it was Paul that said, test everything. 
That's probably a good idea. Yeah. So uh, I was just reading here. I wasn't ignoring no, you. No, you're, you're um, fine. Uh, interestingly enough, Bible translations are a pretty hot button issue. We don't think about it now because we're so saturated with them that we yeah, don't even well, really think about it. Yeah, there's so much. There's so many but translations. I, I'm thinking of William William Tyndale. Mm, so uh, yeah. William Tyndale wanted to translate the Bible into English so that we could have an English Bible because at that point there hadn't been one. Uh, Martin Luther translated it into German, but there wasn't an English Bible. So all of us Europeans had no idea what the Bible said. We were still believing. Our, the Northern and Europeans. We, and we wanted to, there was the Reformation that traveled over so the breakout from the Catholic Church, and then we had no Bible because <laughs> yeah, right. all the priests were in the Catholic Church, right? Yeah. So we were just kind of going. So William Tyndale makes his Bible. Well, he makes the king mad, right? Yeah. So uh, he's arrested and jailed in, in 1535 in the castle of Vivalorde, Filford, outside of Brussels, for over a year. So he's in jail for over a year. In 1536, he's convicted of heresy and executed by strangulation. Whoa. After which his body was burnt at the stake. His dying prayer was that the king of England's eyes would be opened. This seemed to find its fulfillment just two years later with Henry's authorization of the Great Bible for the Church of England which was largely Tyndale's own work. Hence, the Tyndale Bible, as it was known, continued to play a key role in the spreading Reformation ideas across the English-speaking world and eventually to the British Empire. Then it says that the people who translated the King James Bible pulled significantly from Tyndale's translation. Hmm. So, um, very interesting. He himself was killed for his Bible translation. The English translation, and then... Two I years mean, later, translations as train as um as issues like that go. I mean, it's been a hot topic right. for centuries. Right. Like um, now, in fifteen thirty five, they did elephant. If we did elephant with you, we would have been talking about the Bible translation issue. Yeah. No, we wouldn't because we wouldn't be burned. Would we want to be burned? Well, maybe. We well, would. we'd be talking about it. We it would be, it would be the elephant it. in the pew. It would be the elephant in the pew. Except we, we didn't have any pews because we revolted from the Catholic Church and so yeah. we didn't have buildings or anything. So, I mean, it, every analogy breaks down. Yeah. Know, eventually. <laughs> okay, you're right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to break down your, yeah. your analogy. I'm just but saying it's, be hot. it's it was a hot topic uh, yeah, 1535. I mean, it's still well, a hot topic now. Yeah. Um, the Going from uh, Greek to Latin to Hebrew, you know, what do we use? Um, the King James, I believe, uses the Greek text, right? Am I... Am I they're good at making yogurt, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, another reason why is I think like a lot of people switched over from the King James to the New England uh New International Version. <laughs> the New England version. New England version. Um um is because the English used Greek, the Greek text and uh, the New International Version uses the actual mm-hmm. Hebrew yeah. text. So, um there's also there's also that a slight difference because in Greek there's so many words mm-hmm. like that mean the same thing depending on or vice versa there's so many words that could mean the same thing you know what I mean like love was phileo agape and there was another one I hear the bells I hear the bells I was finishing my thought I was starting to fall asleep during your thought so I figured I'd press the of bells of course you were uh, something about translating, blah 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 stuff. We're not experts in, blah blah. No, blah. I never said I was an expert. I just was. Yeah, right. You told me the other day when you walked. You're like, I'm a Bible translation expert, Ryan. Kiss my ring. I have never once used that <laughs> phrase 
kiss my ring. This is my analogy. You're trying to be the king. Oh, wow. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> Could so you tell? Could you tell? Everybody listening to this show knows just what the bell means. The bell means it's time for our closing thoughts. Okay, so you want me to... You're just trying to keep yourself awake right now, aren't Steven, you? Steven, your turn. <laughs> well, my uh, closing thoughts are going to be really brief because um, boiled down, the, the choice of your translation really depends on personal preference. Um, the ones that we've talked about tonight, the New American Standard, the Holman Christian Standard, the English Standard, the King James, the New King James, the, the Message, all of these are are part of accepted translations in modern society. Now, there are some people that um, um, will, you know, be so convicted on their their personal preference that they they would probably bring it up and say, like the story says, that um, they fear for your soul if you use any other but the King James. But I'm here to say that choose the choose the translation that um, you can get down um, to to business with that you can actually understand that you can actually study and not feel like you're confused all the time. Um, but I also recommend that you you know you look around, do some research, and try to find something that is recommended by your pastor, by um, your church leaders, and by uh, the theologians that you um, attribute to, um, because these are the ones. I mean, these theologians and these uh, scholars and these uh, pastors are the ones that you're going to be learning from. And if you use the same translation that they use, it'll be so much easier to understand what they have to say and what they are meaning. So those are my closing thoughts. You can find me at stoneswillcry.com, um, but mainly you can find me on elephantpew.com, um, and you'll see any um, stories, I, I've any of the big stories that I have on stoneswillcry end up on elephantpew.com anyway. So... Um, keep that um, in mind. You can also uh, find me on the social medias at uh, Instagram. I am on Stones Will Cry. And Facebook, Stephen Witten. And um, Twitter, Stephen WW. Are you done talking yet? I had. I, I went like three minutes. Okay. My turn. I usually go like 10. So. <sighs> it comes down to two things for me. And you said one of them preference? and purpose okay those are the two things that i would say so whatever your preference is as far as your uh like steven said very well i don't need to repeat it because steven said it so well what do you like what helps you read the bible because that at the end of the day is important for your relationship with christ amen amen second of all is your purpose if you're just reading to read the enjoy the the lovely writing of scripture Go ahead, read the message. It's fine. It's, there's nothing heretical in there that I found yet. I'm sure if there was, somebody would already pitch to fit about it. So um, I think it's okay for reading, for, you know, chilling, yeah. reading. Uh, but if you're going to be preaching or if you're going to be doing an in-depth study of Scripture, it, not a good choice. So um, it's okay for a reading if you're trying to make a point. A lot of times the message has a really good points while you're preaching so you can, people can understand a little easier but if you need to do word studies to break down historical context the way it looks uh, you need to go to a word for word um, something that breaks it up a little bit a little bit better like the 
Um, HCSB probably as far right as I would go, but um, better would be the NASB or the ESV. Or even the KJV or the NKJV. So um, those are all. KJV. That's what I said. Okay, I heard KGB. I'm like, we are not. The KGB. We're not the KGB. Um, so that would be my suggestions to you. So just remember what's the purpose and what's the what's the preference here. And when somebody comes to you and they say they like a certain version of the Bible and you don't like that version of the Bible, just leave them alone. Leave them alone. Because unless it's like the New World Translation, Jehovah's Witness Bible, or it's like the Catholic Bible and they're reading out of Maccabees and they're telling you how to live your life out of the book of Maccabees, then say... Uh, don't I don't do the book of Maccabees. It's not my book. So, um, because it's not in my sixty-six. Yeah. So uh, you just have to. I mean, you don't have to knock them for their Bible, but at the same time, just keep your mouth shut. Be like Jesus and say, "All right, peace be with you. I love you." Because whether they read Maccabees or not, they're still followers of Christ, probably. So uh, that's my closing thoughts. Uh, you can find me on elephantpew.com, Ryan at Elephant Pew, or shoutingintothewild.com. As soon as I get through all these crazy classes I'm doing, I'm going to start blogging again. I promise. <laughs> it will happen. Uh, yeah. Spring Spring is finally over at work, so my blogs will be coming out soon. Yeah. So uh, that is all we have for you today on Elephant in the Pew. All right. I'd like to thank our listeners like to thank our listeners who tuned in uh oh at any time that you any we're just glad to be a part of your day sorry that we blew your ears out there for a second i hope your speaker's still working your car <laughs> so that you can listen to further episodes of the view hey go to itunes.com and get uh your subscription to our podcast it is there and it is ready for you to download and listen to and subscribe rate and review there and you can get all of our podcasts we're up to like 37 episodes 38 plus 38 news episodes yeah there's like 38 plus hours of listening we're, so we got a lot of content for you to listen there is to. so much content out there so enjoy Please rate and review thank you so much for joining us whenever you did i'm Stephen witten i'm ryan ramsey peace <laughs>